Hey everybody, it's Michael here. Welcome to the Friday night edition of the Good E-Reader Radio Show.
Welcome back to the Friday night edition of the Goody Reader Radio Show. My name is Michael. Today I'm going to regale you with tales of the weekly news in terms of digital publishing and e-readers and give you some website and new general news updates about what's going on. So getting into what we're doing these days, we just launched a BlackBerry 10.2 section on our app store and we've been running our app store for about two years or so now and we have probably about 28,000 Android apps about 3,700 Blackberry and BB10 apps so what's happening with Blackberry other than they're putting themselves up for sale slashing 4,700 jobs uh, down about 900 million dollars and everybody is uncertain of the future but beyond that uh, in later October they're releasing an update to the firmware for all their Blackberry 10 phones Uh, what the big news is uh, for us is that the emulator is getting updated and it was running gingerbread for like the longest time and i mean phones three years ago ran that any new app that's made is made for one of the highest levels of android just in terms of like functionality for game center updates and you know for general you get more bang for your buck and just apps perform well with the latest edition of google android so uh, google android is being introduced uh, as in terms of an upgrade for BlackBerry Z10, Q10, Q5, and a myriad of others. And this will allow you to run a whole new world of apps. So to prepare for this, we've introduced a new section to our store, and we have the beta firmware installed on our phones here, so we're able to test everything to make sure everything's copacetic. So we have things like Instagram, Candy Crush Sega, Subway Surfers, Viber, Angry Birds Star Wars 2, Vine, uh, Simpsons Tap Out, a lot of cool apps, and it will only work once this new update is pushed out sometime in October. Of course, we have links on how to install the firmware on your phones early. No big deal at all. You just like run an exe file, it updates your phone, and then you load two bar files on using our DDPB software. And if you've been downloading apps or want to know how to do that, we have five or six videos, written guides. We make it super easy. So if you don't mind tinkering around early or you can just wait until about mid to the end about the end of the month to get the official update pushed through your carriers you're gonna like some of the apps that we have available for you if you are into ebook news and digital publishing a goody reader will be at the frankfurt book fair so this sort of rounds out the trifecta of book fairs that we have attended this year we've gone to book expo america new york we've gone to the london book fair and now to the frankfurt book fair so we're gonna get our ear to the ground in terms of what's happening in Germany. Uh, All the time we read these statistics and and polls about how people in Germany and France, they're getting resistive to embracing the whole digital thing in terms of like eBooks on e-readers and tablets, because I mean, for the longest time, that culture has been so trained for like proper books. I mean, for hundreds and hundreds of years, people have been like reading tomes and reading books and bookstore culture is very important to those societies and digital books have really only been around mass market appeal for like the last three or four years. So it's no small wonder why people think that those cultures are not embracing digital where we've seen the exact opposite. There's a higher digital adoption rate in France and Germany than most other European countries. 
contrary to a lot of reports that are issued uh, all the time by think tanks and research firms and things like that. So when we go to Germany, we'll actually be able to talk to a lot of major bookstores, to uh, book publishers, to ebook resellers, and really get a, a good indication on how, how digital publishing is throughout all up at the supply chain and not only in Germany but like Spain, France, the UK it's, it's pretty well the largest book fair in the world. Traditionally it's like a rights festival so if you're like a publisher, if you're an author, people will like bid on uh, book contracts and things, uh, territory rights uh, a book may be originally published in the UK and a bunch of other companies uh, in Europe will bid for like European distribution distribution in Asia, you know, things like that, Australia, New Zealand, there's a, a lot of things happening in there, it's just not book selling in Germany, but it's it's truly the, the world nexus in terms of like publishing and everything like that. So we're sending our staff writer Mercy Pilkington to this event, and we have a lot of cool interviews lined up with Simon & Schuster, Random House, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Kobo, Amazon, and Texter, a lot of local German companies. So we'll also bring you some news on the new Tolino Shine. This is the second generation Tolino Shine. Um, pretty well, it's like the first time all major German companies came together, like... Uh, Deutsche Telekom's involved in it, a lot of big bookstores are involved in it, like Thalia, and what is basically happening is, you know, they kind of realized that Amazon was starting to not exactly cornerstone the German market, but their market penetration was significantly increasing uh, from quarter to quarter. So to combat this, a lot of the big uh, cell phone companies, uh, electronic stores, and bookstores all came together to simultaneously release and market this e-reader to try to combat Amazon. And so their second generation e-reader is going to be unveiled. And surprisingly, there's not a lot of real known about this. Uh, we reviewed the first generation Tolino Shine when we were at a SID Display Week in our home backyard here in Vancouver, BC. And it was really nothing to write home about. It it felt like one par or one kind of step below the Amazon Kindle Paperweight in terms of like overall build quality and, and how it looked and, and how it functioned. Didn't have a lot of the advanced features, but uh, compared to most other e-readers, especially in Europe, I mean, it was fairly awesome. So I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing with their second generation. So you can check out our main news site at uh, goodyreader.com uh, throughout the month of October. And we're going to be there for not only the, the Frankfurt Book Fair, but there's a big digital show happening the day before. And so we got press passes to that. So we'll be obviously Covering that in its entirety, there's a lot of cool things on education, on uh, digital distribution, uh, big data, which we find is kind of dry, but there's a lot of things for like self-published authors, different ways that you can go about marketing yourself. I would say probably there's about 12 different sessions total throughout the day, and we're aiming to hit about four or five of them. Just the most relevant ones, we'll sum them up. We're going to bring pictures on our website and our main Flickr account. We'll also be posting on Twitter, at GoodyReader, so make sure to check that out. So that's what we've been up to. And what have you been up to? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so we've got our hands on the new Acurus e-readers that um, 
I don't know if they're on sale yet or will be on sale sometime in the next few weeks, but Accursed has announced them, and we normally get e-readers a few days or a week or two before they're commercially released and then kind of sit on the reviews until it's okay for us to, you know, put them in the wire. So we have the Accurus 8 and the Accurus Illumina HD. Both of these e-readers actually buckle the trend in terms of audio. Audio is somewhat of a lost art with e-readers these days. Kindle, Sony, Kobo, Nook. At one time, a lot of these did offer integrated sound, at least for a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack that would allow you to listen to music and audiobooks and things like that. But as competition is heated up uh, in the lucrative U.S. market where there's a lot of cutthroat price slashing uh, ways that you could try to offer like a $79 e-reader, a $59 e-reader, you have to sort of appeal to all ends of the spectrum in terms of very basic entry-level devices with polished ecosystems to, you know, high-end devices like $499, $599. And so... What I have kind of like found out is Icarus is one of the few companies left remaining that are still offering economically viable e-readers, you know, less than $200. Um, I think the pocket, the 8-inch e-reader is like $120 and the Lumina is about $160. So you're paying sort of that Kindle Paperwhite um, money, the sort of a Kobo Aura HD money uh, in terms of what you're getting out of this and I like sound because not a lot of e-readers do it and a lot of people kind of want to listen to music while they're reading uh, and not disturb anybody or to be able to listen to audiobooks you know uh, as you read along or just like the like lie there in bed you know I'd probably say the Illumina is almost the better investment. It's touch screen, it's front lit, it has manual page turn keys on both the left and right hand side, so whether you're left or right handed, you're gonna feel right at home. So you have that tectonic feel of settings buttons, a D-pad, um, you know, about four buttons in total for like settings, keyboard, home, back, uh, exit, things like that. And then you also have the full touch screen experience. So if you're used to touch screen devices whether you have a phone or tablet you're going to feel right at home but if you're used to the more old school e-readers say you bought into like the sony 650 like a lot of people have or the 350 or you know second third generation kindles and you haven't really upgraded for the last few years because let's face it e-reader technology year to year is not as dramatically shifting in the hardware department than say phones you know i remember about a year and a half ago, it was dual-core phones, and now it's quad-core phones, and now it's phones with super resolution, 54-megapixel cameras. I mean, the the paradigm for phone and tablet technology in terms of the hardware increases exponentially. But with e-readers, year-to-year, there's really not a lot of groundbreaking technology introduced. Um, maybe one or two small things a year, but most companies like, say, Sony, with their PRST3, they're not really using 2013 components. They're using 2012, late 2011 components uh, for their e-reader that they released pretty well, like, what, um, end of September, early October of this year. So, e-reader companies even main big companies like sony are not really using the best internals what i like about Acurus is 
they kind of have this weird dichotomy with their product line. You have, say, the Accurse 8, which is an 8-inch e-reader, which you don't really see a lot of those, and it has pretty good PDF support on both the 8-inch and the Illumina HD. It was almost shades of the old Sony e-readers, and if you've never had a Sony e-reader, one of the big benefits of having one was the awesome PDF support. So whether you were looking at back issues of a newspaper, of a magazine, of gaming guides, or you know whatever you download, even e-books, you know from the internet, a lot of e-books were scanned and are in PDF format. A lot of libraries offer books in PDF format, especially older texts that have been physically scanned for wide distribution. And what is cool about what Acurus does is they have a, a reflow engine, so you can actually strip away all the, the, the custom styling sheets, all the images. There's art in like in the book corners. You know how some older books that have been scanned, so they'll have the page number at the bottom. They'll have maybe like embossed things uh, in the margins. So reflow will just strip all that away and just give you pure text, and then you can uh, fool around with the different font size settings to kind of find that sweet spot, and then you can just keep on churning pages, maintaining that exact same uh, look and feel to it and not only is that useful with say books that have been scanned but also uh, if you look at maps or complex uh, images with like we usually uh, when we do reviews uh, use Dungeons and Dragons gaming material because it's just so extensive and it's so busy. There's like images, there's text, there's uh, border art, there's a lot of things going on each individual page. So if we can really find a good viewing experience with such a complex image, simple images or newspapers will look amazing. So we usually put these e-readers through the paces of the most complex stuff and see how they handle it. Curse does a really good job. So if PDFs, especially on an eight inch device with e-ink easy on your eyes is uh, you know of use to you pick up uh, the the Acurus 8 inch the Lumina HD is probably the best of their new generation things just because it has everything going for it so I would recommend both of those devices if you live in Europe you can pick them up directly from Acurus if you live in North America you can get them through Shopee readers which is our store arm uh, of the website so you can check that out and they're actually the authorized North American dealer so you're dealing directly with the extension of the company themselves. One of the big things in digital publishing uh, this week was Madefire. You may have not heard of them. They're basically an iOS app. They're a comic company. What they've done is they've actually developed like motion comics. So they basically have an app that displays motion comics and they have uh, author tools for people to be able to make their own comics. They generally offer everything free, so I don't even think they charge for anything. But they kind of gained a bit of prominence when they signed an agreement with DeviantArt earlier on in the year. DeviantArt is one of the largest art communities out there. I mean, if you're involved in graphics and design, 3D character modeling, animation, uh, if you're involved in film, games, CG, you probably are familiar with DeviantArt <laughs> because that's where everybody hangs out and talks shop. So. They've offered DeviantArt all the tools and, and, and giving them mad exposure. And so there's a lot of kind of cool, high-quality uh, comics that are coming uh, into play now. And some of it just very dark, some of it very comedic. There's a wide spectrum of content there, and it's all free. So if you have an, an 
iPad or an iPhone, uh, check out the Madefire app. But they've actually just got $5.2 million in funding. Um, so this VC company will allow them to foster more relationships with IDW, with Boom, with other studios. And one thing that they've got is My Little Pony now on Made Fire. And My Little Pony's gone, gone through a huge resurgence, I would probably say, in the last few years. Just the comics um, dominate the sales charts for like iBooks and for Amazon. Um, there's very successful television cartoon show. I know that they've done like a few kind of standalone mini movies. Uh, funny story about this is we've hired like a new comic writer, uh, Bridget Alverson, that actually writes for Publishers Weekly, uh, for uh, comic resources, C CSR, and for a number of like other sites. But you know, we we managed to get her to write for us, and she uh, goes to a lot of the comic cons. And she told me that when she sees cosplayers dressed up as My Little Pony, on like a eighty percent out of like a hundred ratio they were all dudes and they were not just you know 20 year olds or 15 year olds but they were like late 30s early 40s it was like people that re recollect the cartoon and they were like really young and now for somehow reason are like living out these like fantasies but it's kind of funny because you'd figure that it would just be like all little girls like you know like i'm a princess i, I love my ponies you know things like that but no it's all dudes and so it's kind of funny, but you can actually get the motion cover, motion, you know, animated comic of My Little Pony on Madefire, which is kind of cool. So this week has been relatively like a slow week in terms of digital publishing news. Uh, the new Kindle is starting to ship now if you live in the U.S. If you live outside the U.S., it's more of like a staggered release. I know people that have pre-ordered them in the States that are just getting them uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday-ish, and I've heard, I know that in Canada, it's being shipped out on a 10th if you've ordered from Amazon.ca or from Shopee Readers. I've wrote an interesting little piece, and I think that this will be relevant to a lot of our listeners who are independent authors, self-published writers, uh, or young aspiring authors that maybe do the odd thing on Wattpad or just, you know, write poetry on their Facebook wall, like, etc., so if you're going to write and release books, all the power to you. You know, I, uh, I respect, you know, people that are publishing their own works, whether they are traditionally published and they want a little bit more flexibility and self-control or whether they're just first-time writers and it's cheap and cheerful and it's way easier to self-publish than it is to find an agent, find a publisher and, and, and do something you have absolutely no experience with. It's just easier to upload your Word document to Amazon and hey, you're selling your book on, on, you know, for the Kindle. I want to encourage people to reevaluate your social media positions. I know as an indie author, sometimes you want to self-promote. And I, I know personally authors that spend more time self-promoting themselves on, like, say, an 80-20 ratio of promotion on their blog, on Twitter, on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, making vines, whatever the hell. And people are spending more time marketing themselves than they are actually honing their craft or writing more books. Uh, 
Barbara Sprithy uh, is, uh, is a prolific author. She's written a lot of books, and I may be mispronouncing her last name, but whatevs. It's Friday night. She said that authors are she's encouraging authors to avoid social media distractions and just write the next book. She said, I've seen writers waste too much time planning Facebook parties and posting on Twitter. All that is important and the best thing that you can do for yourself and your growing fan base is to, is to write the next book. It's much easier to sell the third, fourth, sixth, and fifth, you know, seventh book than it is to sell the first or second book. You don't have to sell your books, you know, in a week or in a month, but it, you're, you're in it for the long haul. And instead of spending a lot of time promoting your, your first book or your second book on social media, instead of just writing more books, uh, you're almost like shooting yourself in the foot because like, if you've only released a, a book or two, you may not have name recognition, you may not have like a fan community, it just may be like your mom, your kids, you know, uh, people that you directly know. And you don't really have like this network of people that you could be witty and insightful and say, you know, say interesting things and, and try to get people to know you more as a person rather than just saying, buy my book. Did you see the episode of Breaking Bad last week? Buy my book, you know? And I see way more of that, like, total nonsensical self-promotion on Twitter than I actually see people engaging their audience. But if you're written just one book or two, you know, what audience do you have other than the people that you know directly? You know, sure, people could buy followers and buy likes and things like that, but I mean, it's tantamount to fraud and it doesn't really do anything for you other than just like artificially inflate your numbers. But your, your core people that are following you, they don't exist and you have no hopes of finding them. So I probably recommend that if you're a young author, if you've only written a few books, go and participate in communities that are of like-minded souls. Uh, Mobile Read is good, Red Room, She Writes, Wattpad, uh, My Wana Sites, you know, things like that, even good uh, Goodreads to a lesser extent. But this is where writers and readers congregate, congregate to foster meaningful dialogue. And I find that doing that is more of use to you than it is to be on Twitter and social media. If you look at it, I mean, how long has Twitter and Facebook really been around for? Um, sure, some people have found good success with it, but it's a small fraction compared to the people that you know sh are actually just writing books and avoiding these sort of distractions altogether. So, before I let you guys all go for the day, I want to actually talk to you about some prospective patent infringement. Now, patent law, all that stuff is super dry. Normally, I don't pay attention to it at all, but I kind of unearthed this story from talking to actual Amazon and Kobo at their respective launch parties. A Kobo at a launch party in New York basically showed off their Kobo Aura, their uh, Kobo new Kobo tablets, the 10-inch, the 7-inch, and uh, the lower-budget entry-level one, and they introduced a, a mode called Reading Mode, and what this did on a tablet is eliminate all the distractions. If you've ever read an ebook on an iPad or an Android tablet, Facebook notifications, emails, pop-ups, gaming notifications, anything that you basically said, okay, inform me when my gold is ready on 
Clash of Clans or, you know, when uh, my churns are ready or something on Jurassic Park Builder. You know, you, you get all these distractions that take you out of the reading experience and make it so like I'm half I'm half into a book and half paying attention to these notifications that are happening. So Kobo basically made a mode that disables all of that and you know very cool. You know, it, it allows you to focus on the book and eliminates the distractions. Now went on the Amazon event in Seattle with that they had, I believe it was about two weeks or so ago now, where they unveiled uh their new uh Kindle HDX tablets. So they have, I believe, an 8.9, they have, and two 7 inch tablets, one higher end, one lower end. But they released a feature called Quiet Time. Now, Quiet Time does the exact same thing as reading mode, uh, turns off cellular data, suppresses uh, notifications, um, you know. Uh, last book read, um, you know, basically just doing the same thing as what Kobo is doing. Now, the one interesting thing is actually Kobo has three patents on this and they patent probably the most important features and the, the they patented the most important aspects of these modes is basically the essence of it turning off cellular data you know eliminating gamer notifications and things like that and they have actually have patents for that amazon does not have patents and they're pretty well doing the exact same thing as a company with patents is doing now two companies in the ebook and e-reader space have never sued each other before uh, both companies have been in court many times, but they've not really been in court because of like patent lawsuits and things like that. Kobo is actually in a position to actually, you know, if they really wanted to kind of go after Amazon for either licensing fees or to just say, you know, you're in violation of, of our patents, you have to disable this feature or to, to pay us royalties or some sort of scheme. That's never really been done before uh, in terms of like the ebook and e-reader industry. So these are these are companies that are having hardware built for them, tapping into their own ebook stores using their own custom software. Very interesting. Uh, who knows how this will play out? But Kobo did confirm to me that they have patents and Amazon doesn't. And if they're letting me know something about that, and I, you know I'm a member of the press, so if they wanted to get this out they would tell people like me and not just keep it like tight-lipped internally so who knows how this will play out but i think it's a good kind of conspiracy theory to sit on uh mainly because who knows it, it, it sounds like a serious deal and i'm kind of going to follow this story and and if i find anything new out do a breaking news update and write something on the front page of the blog to serenade you guys all out today, I'm actually going to play a little bit of a hip-hop track. An artist that I just discovered, he's a protege of one MF Doom, and this is Earl Sweatshirt.
Soggy Crocs, shoddy lot of black faces, trading body shots, ball a little long is in your pocket. Harley, not Harley, tops, nolly pops. Use a bit of got me to sheep buzzing like a walkie talk. Stay and go like the only watch the lottie rocks. Grinding socks, you yeah, you don't wanna play with Papa Swamp. So unorthodox, chillin' with a shaman, eatin' ramen in the parking lot. I brought a bag of dreams with me, breathe the Kundalini and exhale the meaning and the feeling of Elysium. Even the reason leaving me lost, even gon' boss harder than most. So kill me martyrs and most of my holy ghost. Host a party in the mouth. I brought my unruly souvenir on the blouse, like a yours truly steel pin. The king got past the deep voice, conceived in a Rolls Royce, the Porsche life, pro choice, got high, put a beanie on, pitch bent like a leaning song. Learn to fly high, the first sign that I'm dreaming on. The force strong with this one, though. Over 9,000 midi chlorians say so. Really show, no mercy, all master, no Percy. So these little bastards in the journeys of my troubled mind, shattered by your blasphemy. Look at what you find inside, now you can't imagine me. Running high, the captain's here, f***ing die. This is why, uh, we had to bring the guns out.